Hey everybody, how you doing today? It's Pastor Chip. Thanks for tuning in again. Today I'm going to give you a couple of little verses here. Something to talk about. And, uh, you know, of recent, I see people that are downtrodden, you know, they're, I heard a girl on TikTok saying negative Bettys, you know, there's negative people, there's negative people that, that, um, comment on people's things, there's negative people that are in your life, there's negative people who just are negative people, they just, you know, I had a guy in the military who was always negative, and I said to him one day, "Are you? Can you never be positive?" And he says, "Yeah, I'm positive. I'm negative. I mean, that's how negative some people are. Um, and because of that, you know, we're in control of our of our own lives. We're in control of." You know, it's like driving a car. You're in control if it goes forward or backwards, right or left, stops or accelerates. We're in control. You're in control of you if you eat and what you wear. You're in control of how you look, if you brush your teeth, if what comes out of your mouth and goes in your mouth. And the same thing can be said about the negativity in your life. You don't need to accept it. You don't need it. You don't have to live with it. You can just choose not to be a part of it. And you say, oh, Chip, it's not that easy. You don't know what you're talking about. Oh, the heck, I don't know what you're talking about. I have cut a sister off. I have cut family off because of the negative in my life. You know, there's one thing that I learned when my wife died that was really, I don't know how to say it, it's just the the biggest thing that I learned from all of it is that life is short. And you've always heard people say, don't sweat the small stuff. Well, when you lose a loved one, you realize more than most people that everything is the small stuff. Everything. Nothing here matters. Nothing. I told my one of my daughters the other day when I got to talk to her, I said, do you know what the most happiest day was in my, in my life? pertaining to you and she said the day I was born I said that was the second happiest day the happiest day of my life with her was when she gave her life to Christ because I knew right then that no matter whatever happens to my daughter in life either one of my daughters I know where they'll be I know their salvation is assured. I know that when I pass on, 
hopefully before them, that I will see them again one day. You know, that kind of ties me into our verse. Matthew 7. 7 and 8. You're going to know this when I start reading it. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. So, do you pray? What kind of prayer do you do? Do you just do it once in the morning or once a day in the afternoon or only at meals? Or, or do you make a routine of it? Um, is it just, you know, hell Mary full of grace and yada yada and out the door you go? Or do you spend time? Do you have a list? Do you have a routine? Um, do you name people? Do you specify things? Do you pray for people's health? You see, I I encompass all those. I try to. I have a, a list of people that I go down. And, you know, as I pray for people and their health and success, it has become routine now. It's a memorization. I can run down the list. But I'm going to tell you, if you ask, it'll be given to you. But here's the thing. Are you open to the answer you get or don't get? Because it's not always going to be the answer you want. And it might not be an answer you recognize, but are you open to it? Are you acknowledging the sovereignty of God and His ability to provide for you and that He knows best for you? Or are you impatient and thinking, well, because He didn't answer, I guess He's not answering my prayers. How do you know? Maybe you got the answer that He wanted you to have. He says, everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks find. But he doesn't say what you receive. You receive an answer? You receive what's best for you, is the way I understand it. If you ask for a million dollars, and you can't be responsible with a $50,000 a year job, do you think he's going to give you a million dollars and put you into more debt? You see, you have to base your request and your prayers, make them commensurate with your lifestyle. Now, I'm going to show you a flip side to this. A lot of people don't believe, they don't think, they think God's not answering their prayers or he ain't listening I know people that have done this They what do they do this is the worst case example okay they go to a Ouija board 
Yes, I've known people who've done that. And they think, you think that it's not real. It doesn't happen. People diminish the dark side. But see, you don't understand. There is a dark and a light. There's a positive and a negative force in our world. God is light. Jesus is light. He came into a dark world. Satan fell from light and is in darkness. Now, I'm going to give you an example. King Saul wasn't happy with what God had done. He hadn't been doing things that God asked him to do. And Samuel, um, the priest of Saul, had died. And Saul went to um, a medium, it's called in here. He sought her out and went to her, and she was a medium at Endor, which, by the way, for you TV trivia people, is where the name Endora comes from on Bewitched, the TV show in the 60s. But she was uh, from Endora, from Endor. But anyway, um, he goes and asks her to do a seance. If you look in 1 Samuel 28, you can read this. 1 Samuel 28, it says, uh, starting in verse 7, that he went to the woman who was a medium at Endor. He asked her to call up Samuel, and she did. She called up Samuel from the dead. And the answer Saul was wanting. He was forcing God's hand. He wasn't listening. He wasn't paying attention to what God was telling him. God withdrew his spirit from Saul. And Saul was God's anointed at one time. And um, it says in verse 18, Because you did not obey the voice of the Lord, nor execute his fierce wrath upon Amalek, therefore the Lord has done this thing to you this day. Verse 19, Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with you into the hand of the Philistines, and tomorrow you and your sons will be with me will be with me. He's dead. He's telling him, tomorrow him and his sons will be with him. The Lord will also deliver the army of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. So what happens? Saul goes into battle. The Philistines rout the Israeli army. And King Saul falls on his sword. You know, he puts the butt of the pommel of it on the ground, puts the point of it under his breast, and he falls on it, so he runs himself through. He killed himself instead of being taken captive. He knocked in the, on the wrong door and got an answer he wasn't looking for. People, I'm telling you, I'm telling you from experience, I'm telling you from the life that I live and the long, long, hard road it took me to get here. I wore all the skin off my nose, rubbing it on the ground, not listening. Doing things the hard way. God's smacking me around. But thankfully, He preserved me. 
I guess he had a mission for me. A job. A ministry. But finally, hard-headed as Chip is, I made it to this point. And now there comes times when I spend time in prayer and solitude and reflection that I'm beginning to recognize the still small voice of God when He speaks to me. It's happened several, several times. When people say, well, I don't know what the, sound, the voice of God sounds like, well, you need to work on your relationship. And you need to open your ears. But don't hear with your ears. You need to listen without hearing. And hear Him without listening. Only then will you hear the voice of God. You know, He opens doors and He closes doors. And I'm going to tell you something. If you're standing between two worlds, two, two rooms, two lives, two events in your life, and you've prayed to God, and He opens a door for you, and you step a foot through it, but you don't step through and shut the door, you can't live in two worlds. It's like getting divorced and, and remarried. You can't live with a divorced man in your house and your new husband in your house or your spouse. You have to step through and shut a door on the past. Now that door has a glass in it. And why does it have a glass? So we can look back and remember how we got to where we are. You see, if you can't remember how you got to where you are, you're not learning anything and you're not learning from it and you can't look back and be, be blessed and thankful of the lessons you learned along the way. But you don't open that door. You can't step back into it. It's in the past. And we're moving forward. Just remember... If you pray for God to open a door, you better be ready to step through it and you better be ready for what He's got on the other side. And when you step through it, you need to step through with authority and slam that door on the past and commit yourself to the future to doing what God wants you to do. Because if you ask for the wrong things and you're not focused on the wrong thing, right things, you might be like King Saul. You know, I hope this doesn't fall on deaf ears. I hope you realize how 
the small stuff in life is really everything. Nothing matters. Nothing matters on this earth more than your salvation. You know, they can take everything you've got. It's going to hurt. You're going to lose some things. You know, you, whatever. It, it hurts to lose things, I know. But they are material things. Loved ones, it's where the relationship matters. Whether they're your friends or your family. Loved ones and your relationship with Jesus Christ is all that matters on this earth. Because it will all dry up, burn up, disintegrate, and blow away. Work on that relationship. Work on your prayers. Work on knocking and asking. Work on listening and not hearing and hearing and not listening. And this is Pastor Chip. God bless you. I hope you're all doing well. And thanks for tuning in.